Welcome to Friendship with God. Today, Tom Cantor will speak about Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu and how to truly know God's Word. This message is available for free download at friendshipwithgod.org. Now, so far, we have seen that he is the key to understanding the Scriptures, that he is the heart and soul of the Scriptures, that the words in the Scriptures are his words, that he has called the Word, the means of communication, how God communicates with man. We've seen all this. But now look at Luke chapter 11, verse 52. Now again, we don't have to go very far from this verse to get the context of who he is speaking to. Because he says so. In Luke eleven fifty two, when he says, Woe unto you, lawyers. So he's speaking to his enemies who are lawyers. In other words, they especially know and argue based on the Bible, based on the 39 books of the Old Testament, based on the scriptures. Woe unto you, lawyers. It's a bad thing for you, lawyers, is what he's saying. And then he explains why. He said, you have taken away the key of knowledge. You entered not in yourselves, and them that were entering in, ye hindered. So he's saying to them, this is going to be very, very bad for you. That's what it means, woe unto you. Very, very bad for you. You're in a very bad position. You have done very badly. Why? Because you have removed the key of knowledge. And you didn't enter in to God, to heaven. You didn't. What's worse about you? You looked at those who were entering in, you hindered them. You made an obstacle in front of them. You stopped them. And therefore, woe unto you. But what's interesting about this verse is that he says, the key of knowledge. What is the key of knowledge that they took away? And how did they hinder? What did the lawyers do? The lawyers were brought in, in court, and when there were those who followed the Lord Jesus Christ, the lawyers stepped forward, they made accusations against them, they put them out of the synagogue, sometimes even worse. So they took away the key of knowledge, that's the Lord Jesus Christ. They didn't use him themselves to come to God, which was God's intention. And those who were using him as the key of knowledge, they blocked them. They hindered him. But what's interesting here is he's called the key of knowledge. You know, a key unlocks what's locked. It opens up what has been previously closed. That's what the key does. What he's saying here is that the knowledge, all the knowledge, the knowledge of who I am, the knowledge of who God is, the knowledge of how to get to heaven, the knowledge of how to be forgiven for my sins, the knowledge of how to make God happy, the knowledge of how to be a friend with God. I need that knowledge. And he said, it's all locked up, but there's one key. And it'll open up all of that hidden knowledge and closed knowledge to you. And that key is a person. That key is the Lord Jesus Christ. And he said, when you took me away, From the people, you took the key of knowledge away. When you took me away from yourself, you took the key of knowledge away. So it's just a bunch of words to you. And when you took the key of knowledge away from the people who you hindered, you kept them in darkness. He's called the key of knowledge. It's very interesting. You know, 
I listened to the Prime Minister of Israel, Benjamin Netanyahu, the current Prime Minister of Israel, and I listened to him address a group of Christians. Not Jewish people, but Christians. And as he addressed this group of Christians, I thought to myself, well, now this is going to be really interesting. Because it's easy, for example, when he speaks to Jewish people, he stands up there and says, well, we have a commonality. You're Jewish. I'm Jewish. People hate me. They hate you. Uh, we need a nation of Israel. It's your, your nation. It's the uh, Jewish homeland. And what I have to say is uh, we're all on the same page. And everybody cheers. And, and that's wonderful. When he stands in front of the United Nations, it's a different problem. It's a different story. But when he stands in front of Christians, I was thinking to myself, this is going to be good. What is he going to say? He said, I am a man of the Bible, and you are people of the Bible. I thought, oh, this will be interesting. And so he goes on and he says, I know the Bible forwards and backwards. And he says, I have a Bible study in my home every week. I read a portion And so I'm always going through the Bible like you. And he says, we both drink from the same well, the well of Siloam. We're both drinking from that. That's the Bible. And so we're like uh, brothers. You're not Jewish. I'm Jewish. But it doesn't matter because we're like brothers and we're drinking at the well. I thought, well, that's interesting. And I think to myself, go on, Mr. Netanyahu. Go on, Mr. Prime Minister. And he went on and he said, oh, I know the Bible. He said, and my son knows the Bible. As a matter of fact, my son Avner, he got the Israel champion prize for Bible. He was the champion for Bible knowledge in Israel. Oh, that's interesting. And and this happened by like a spelling bee, but it was a Bible uh, bee or a Bible contest. It was different people asked questions. And and, uh, it was the prime minister's sons, Avner, who had all the answers for the questions. And then he said, and he would have been the world Bible champion, except for one question that was asked to him by the prime minister, his own father, myself, and he couldn't answer it. So he only got the second prize, which was the Israel uh, champion of the Bible. I thought, okay, well, that's very interesting. And then uh, he went to talk about a portion from the Bible. He talked about the Bible and talked about the scriptures. And as I listened to him speak about the scriptures, I just, all I could think to myself was one word, dead, death. Well, first of all, he talked about, before he started talking about the Bible, he started talking about, he's very well read. And he started to talk about some other great volumes of books that he was reading by this one author. And he was talking about, and he said, and this was just great from this one author here. And he read, he explained why it was so great. The new concepts, the new ideas that were coming out of this author. The problem was, when he went to talk about the Bible, it was in the same glowing terms. It was like, oh, he says, the Bible introduced for us the new concept of monotheism. The Bible introduced for us the concept of women's rights. And the time when uh, David had um, did what he did with regard to Bathsheba and Uriah, and then the prophet came to him and he explained the story there, the, what happened, the account. And then he said, and the prophet said to him, you're the man who has done this wrong. And he said, that's so amazing. Never before was there in the history of there the concept of accountability for kings. And I listened to that, and I thought, that's so dead. There's no life there. He's talking about the Bible, which he knows so much of. Like it's one of those books of that other great writer. And there's no life in it. You know why? He never said the word God. 
He never said the word God. He never talked about God in the sense that of what the Shema would say. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. He didn't talk as a lover of the God who loves him with all his heart, all his soul, all his mind. He didn't talk as someone who speaks about him, the Lord Jesus Christ, God, when he gets up in the morning, when he walks, when he talks, when he speaks to his children. It was just, it was a, it was just a great book. A great book from a heritage, a great book from a culture, a great book with great antiquity, a great book with new concepts, a great book with new philosophies, a great book with new ideas of how to have government, how to have family life, how to have business life, how to have cultural life. But that was it. But there was no God in it, in him. And as I listened to that, and I thought, how can this be? How can a man have a Bible study in his home every week? How can a man stand and say, I drink from the wellspring? What is the wellspring? What is this quench? What what is this thirst that he has within him that he says is being quaged? That his thirst is being satisfied at this well? His thirst is being satisfied for where he first sees the concept of women's rights? He's thirsting to see the new religion of monotheism? He's thirsting to see accountability for kings and government. How about the real deep issues of the soul? Thirsting for forgiveness with God. Thirsting for friendship with God. Thirsting to, be, to, be, to live forever. Thirsting to be in heaven forever. What about those thirsts? Never talked about those. What about the thirst to say, as the deer panteth after the water brook, So my soul pants after you, O God. Not after the concept of human rights and of government, but after you, your person, O God. That was all absent. And I thought to myself, what happened? What happened? John 5, 39-40 happened. Search the scriptures. For in them you think you have life. They are they which testify of me. Testify of the Lord Jesus Christ. What happened? Verse 40 happened. Tragically. And ye will not come to me that ye might have life. And instead you went to the Bible and you found everything else, but you didn't find life. And you didn't find God. And you didn't find friendship with God. And it's so tragic. So tragic. And I even watched him as he gave his Christmas greetings to Christians. And he said, we're happy to be in the land where Jesus walked and where Jesus was born. And he talked about Jesus the man. But he didn't talk about Jesus God. He didn't talk about Jesus the Messiah. He didn't talk about him who the Father has sent. He didn't talk about the author, subject, heart, and soul of the scriptures, that Jesus. Why? Verse 40, you will not come to me that you might have life. You will not come to him. In the fullness and in the totality of his name, the Lord Jesus Christ. You will not come to him as the Lord, God Almighty, the only one. Jesus, God saves only through him. 
Christ, the Messiah, sent by God, you won't come to him that you might have life. Tragic. Tragic. Yet that's what happened. Very, very important for us to decide as we embark on a study of a new book of Exodus, what are we doing? What are we doing? Do we want to just be in Betsefer, memorize this book word by word, and that's it? No. Do we want to just come to this book just like it's some other book and read it like we're reading Thomas Paine or, or Thoreau or some other, or Shakespeare or some other great work? No, 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 no. We come to this book with the words of verse 40 and we say, we are not going to come to this book without the Lord Jesus Christ. As we come to this book, we're going to say, I come to this book like I'm coming to the Lord Jesus Christ. I come to this book for one need. That need is life. As I move from my death to you, give me life. As I move from my darkness to you, give me light. As I move from my loneliness to you, give me companionship. As I move from my alienation from God, Give me friendship with God. That's how we come to the book. We come to the book as it's the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. We come to the book to find Him. We come to the book to hear from Him. And as we do, God says, you won't go away disappointed. I will hear the need of your heart. I will meet the need of your heart. Why? Because you came humbly. You came saying, I'm in death. I'm in darkness. I'm in loneliness. I'm in sin. And God says, I hear that. I hear every cry of that. And God says, I won't leave you. I won't leave you disappointed. I'll meet those needs of your heart. So that's how we come. It's a wonderful thought today and message about coming to the Lord. Now, one of the things that just kept coming back to me during this message, especially with Benjamin Netanyahu and thinking about the Mideast is, you know, Muslims call the Jewish people and Christians too, people of the book. What does it mean to be a person of the book? You know, it's not a bad term. I'll take it. (laughs) We'll take it to be called a person of the book because that's what we are. We are people of the book. But it's a really good question, because as we saw today, Benjamin Netanyahu considers himself very much a person of the book, an expert in the Bible. But what do we mean as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ when we agree and say, yes, we are people of the book? Jeremiah fifteen sixteen puts it so well. So well that we can just mouth the words of our as our own. It says this, Thy words were found, and I did eat them, and thy word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of mine heart. For I am called by thy name, O Lord God of hosts. What a verse. 
You know, it starts off and says, thy words were found. Oh, happy day when when Jesus washed my sins away. Oh, happy day when we found the Bible to be more than just another book on a shelf, but we found it to be the words of our loving Savior. Thy words were found. And what was our response when we found thy word, when God's words? We It says, like Jeremiah says, I did eat them. I consumed them like no other book. And then what did it do for me? Thy word was unto me the joy and the rejoicing of mine heart. Like a young man that finds that special woman that he wants to marry and spend the rest of his life with, and she is the joy and rejoicing of his heart. That's the way the Bible is to us. Thy word is unto me the joy and the rejoicing of my heart. I can't stop thinking about it. I can't stop talking about it. I can't stop musing about it. I think about it all day long. I think about it as I'm falling asleep. It's the first thing I think of when I get up. It's the joy. It's the rejoicing of mine heart. And then he goes one step further. He said, I am called by thy name, O Lord God of hosts. You know, the name of the Lord Jesus Christ is such a wonderful name. It's wonderful to be called Christian. Why? Because the name Christ is in that name, Christian. I am called by thy name, a someone who is like Christ, someone who is a meshki, as they say in Hebrew, someone who's like a messiah, the the Messiah following the Messiah. I am called by thy name, O Lord God of hosts. What makes us a person of the book? This is what makes us a person of the book when we respond to the book like Jeremiah did in Jeremiah fifteen sixteen. When we respond to the book as King David did in Psalm one verse two, where he said, "But but his delight." is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. No time off. Day and night. Daytime, work time, nighttime, rest time, all the time for God's word, meditating in it day and night. And that's how we are people of the book. We embrace that term, but if for us, it doesn't mean that we've just memorized all the words and we know that the history and the, the chapter and the verses and the origin and, and the different uh, times it was uh, put together, translated or whatever. What it means for us is that the Bible for us are the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we meditate in those words, extract from those words, rejoice in those words. That's what makes us a person of the book. Mm. And as you mentioned, Benjamin Netanyahu did talk about the Bible and knowing that, but really not so much about who the author is. In other words, God himself. Now, what are really the implications about talking about the Bible, but not really honoring who the author is, which is God himself. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's remarkable to talk about the Bible without honoring the author. You know, some people may look at the Bible and say, well, who's the author? Well, Moses is the author, and the prophets are the author, and Joshua is the author, and Samuel, and so forth. But really, we understand as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ that these men were only like the pen that God used. These men were only just the individual pens that God took a Moses, and although the personality of the pen comes through, nevertheless, the person controlling the pen is God. So the first five books of Moses are God's words that are written in Moses' style of writing. 
And then we come, for example, to the book of Matthew. Matthew was a tax collector. There's no other book in the Bible where he says, 14 generations were from Abraham and to David, and 14 generations to David, to the Lord Jesus Christ. You don't like that. And what you can see as he says these 14 generations, you can see a tax collector stacking up his coins of money. 14 coins here, 14 coins here. That's the personality of Matthew as he still is the pen in the hand of God, writing down the words of God, but nevertheless, his personality comes through. So we recognize as we read the different books of the Bible, the personalities of the pens, so to speak, of the human instruments, the human pens who wrote it, but nevertheless, coming through so strong, so clear for us is its author. Its author is the Lord Jesus Christ himself. That's why personally, Personally, I don't sign Bibles. I don't like to someone comes and says, you know, we sign my Bible. I say, I, I, I say, the person who signs a book is the author of the book. I'm not the author of that book. But God is the author of the Bible. And so it's very, very important that when we talk about the Bible, we give honor to its author, to God. See, the Lord Jesus Christ put it this way in Matthew 10, 32. He said, Whosoever, therefore, shall confess me before men, him will I confess also before my Father, which is in heaven. But whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before my Father, which is in heaven. Now, for a Jewish person especially to be confessing the Lord Jesus Christ, that may have a little consequences, especially in your own family. That's why he went on immediately to say, think not that I am come to send peace on the earth. I am not come to send peace, but a sword. For I am come to set a man at variance against his father and the daughter against her mother and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law and a man's foes shall be they of his own household. But you see how important it is to confess the Lord Jesus Christ before men? Because he says, if you do that, I will confess you before my father, which is in heaven. Now, you know, it's very, very interesting that after the Lord Jesus Christ had healed the man of his blindness in John chapter 9, and he, that man had confessed the Lord Jesus Christ, and he was thrown out of the synagogue. And it says in verse 35 of John 9, And Jesus heard that they had cast him out. And when he had found him, he said unto him, Dost thou believe on the Son of God? He could have said, Dost thou believe on God the Son? And in verse 36, the man says, and he answered and said, Who is he, Lord, that I might believe on him? See, he already has an idea of who he is, but he wants crystal clear clarity. Who is God the Son that I might believe on him? That's that's what he's saying. In verse 37, And Jesus said unto him, Thou hast both seen him, and it is he that talketh with thee. See, there, beyond any shadow of a doubt, crystal clear, the Lord Jesus Christ was saying, I'm standing before you. I am God. I am God the Son. You're seeing me. I am, I am talking with you right now. I am God the Son. You are hearing God the Son as I talk to you. And then it shows the wonderful response of the man in verse 38 as it says, 
And he said, Lord, I believe. And he worshiped him. That's the response right there. That's the response that God is looking for. And that answers the question of how do you honor God with the Bible is to see in the Lord Jesus Christ that he is God. And when seeing him as God, you respond to him by saying, Lord, when you say, Lord, you're yielding to him. When you say, Lord, you're submitting to him. When you say, Lord, you're surrendering to him. And then to take that next step, which the blind man who, the man who was blind, who was healed, said, and he worshiped him. When we come to the Bible, we see that its author is God. We worship the Lord Jesus Christ as God, like this man did. That's the proper way to honor the author of the Bible, of the book, the Lord Jesus Christ, God himself. And what do we do? Honor him. You know, so many tragedies come to our lives. And you know what the best thing to do when something overwhelms us and is too much is just to worship the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for joining us today. Next week, Tom Cantor will continue our study from the Bible as our foundation for our friendship with God. Now, are you interested in learning more about the Jewish Messiah? Tom Cantor has compiled a book of 194 prophecy and fulfillments of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's got over 80 pages of Old Testament prophecy and New Testament fulfillment. If you'd like a copy of this book, please call us today at 1-800-247-3051. Once again, that's 1-800-247-3051. Now, do you have a Jewish friend, family member, coworker, or neighbor that needs to be reached with the gospel? We'd like to help you. Call us today at 1-800-247-3051 and we can get you a copy of Tom Cantor's testimony DVD and booklet. 1-800-247-3051. Join us again next week at this same time.